This is Truth Pop Unplugged. Hey, what's up? It's Jake. Welcome to another episode of Truth Pop Unplugged. This is where we dig a little deeper and we explore different elements of our faith and culture. And uh, hey, with all the suffering going on right now, uh, with the suffering that you might be going through, uh, I thought we'd explore this topic just a little bit more and look at it from the lens of what Paul J. Kim has to say. If you don't know anything about Paul J. Kim, he is the man. He's awesome. He's a Catholic beatboxer, speaker, uh, entertainer, and uh, you got to check out his book, uh, Catholic Guide to Adulting for Millennials. It's really, really good. Uh, but I had the chance to sit down with him and talk to him at the Seek 2019 conference. It's going back just a little bit of time now, but uh, I did this interview with Relevant Radio and Seek because it's just like really, really good. The stuff that he has to say about, you know, looking at suffering from a different lens and also learning how to adult from a Catholic perspective, because <laughs> maybe adulting is kind of wearing you out right now, too, just as it is for me. So, yeah, I hope this interview is helpful. You can check out Paul J. Kim on his website. It's pjkmusic.com. Uh, here's just a little bit of that interview for you. You're talking a little bit about suffering. Suffering is a, a difficult thing to understand, and I think there's a lot of Catholics who are going through that. You know, they, they feel that suffering, whether it's depression or whether it's a, uh, you know, a struggle at home or a relationship. And I, I think there's a lot of people who really have a hard time understanding why God would allow something so bad in their lives. And what would you say to that person who doesn't think that suffering should exist? The reality is uh, suffering doesn't make us special. It makes us human. You know, it's the human condition. No one can escape suffering, not even the Son of Man, the Son of God. And it's one of the greatest mysteries of our faith because you would think that, and it's oftentimes used as an argument, and the Almighty God, if He's all-powerful and all-loving and all-good, why would He allow suffering? And, and there's many philosophical and theological arguments to this, but we know for a fact that when Christ in the fullness of time came to this world, He chose to embrace suffering and he chose to redeem it. So out of the worst thing possible, because out of all the laundry list of, of evil acts and deeds in our world, um, deicide, the murder of God, is pretty bad. And <laughs> the irony, of course, is that from the most evil thing, the greatest thing possible came out of it, which was our redemption, our salvation. And so Christ is in the business of taking bad things, and bringing about a greater good from those things than if they had never happened to begin with. And that's one of the, the hardest, but most amazing, deepest mysteries of our Catholic faith. Now, you know, when it comes to us and our lived experience, obviously we're not Jesus, and yet we, we have this relationship with him. He lives in each of us. And regardless of, of what our story is, we can all relate by way of suffering. Like you mentioned, some of us, it's, it's a physical health issue. Some of us, it's, it's emotional, it's depression. For some of us, it's um, our family of origin, brokenness at home. For some of us, it's just insecurities and fears. We all relate by way of suffering. But the question is, what do we do with it? Um, in terms of my formation, one of the things that I did, I actually uh, spent tens of thousands of dollars to come to find out that people have issues. I got a master's degree in marriage and family therapy. It was a wonderful time of formation in my life in terms of education. But what became clear was that um, in our culture so often, 
Um, I think especially for men, you know, I, I think generally not always women are a little bit more apt to to talk about their inner life and what's going on. And, and that's kind of how they oftentimes relate to one another by way of their, their inner world. Guys, sometimes we just kind of beat around the bush and it's like we don't want to talk about our weaknesses or our struggles or what, what, what we're dealing with. Yeah. And honestly, and I when I give men's talks um, throughout the country and abroad, I, I tell people, look, it's not weakness to acknowledge that you have problems. It's not weakness to acknowledge that you have issues. It's weakness to acknowledge that you do and do nothing about it, to self-medicate, to drink it away, to, to, to sex it away, to, to replace all of these positive ways of coping with negative ones and to allow that to affect not only you, but your future vocation, your spouse, your kids, your family, your community and the world. You watch the news for a good five minutes and you're convinced that something is not right, right? Uh, but furthermore, just on a human level, you come to see that all these people who fill up the, the 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock news, and all these terrible, ugly stories, you know, one thing is for sure, they didn't deal in a way that was good. And so when it comes to suffering, you know, Christ gives us a, a solution. Um, he gives us a remedy, and ultimately it is his cross. Christ doesn't take away our sufferings, um, at least not always, um, but he gives us the grace to carry it in a way that is not only beneficial, but it's redemptive. You know, St. Paul in Corinthians, when he cried out to the Lord three times, you know, there's this mysterious thorn in his side. I don't know what it was. Maybe it was, uh, maybe he had an issue with lust. Maybe he had his shopping addiction on Amazon. I don't, I don't know what his problem was, but he cried out three times to the Lord, and he said, Lord, take this away from me. And God told him, um, Paul, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect through your human weakness. And so in this strange but beautiful sort of exaltation and prayer, right after that moment, he cries out that I will rejoice in my weakness, for when I am weak, then I am strong. I think Paul just sort of surrendered to the fact that, man, I, it's, it's the human experience. I'm going to have sufferings because of other people, because of myself, because of the weather, if you're not living in Southern California like I do, you know, you're going to suffer. And so what do you do with that suffering? Christ gives it value, a supernatural value, by what he did on the cross. And so, you know, it, it doesn't solve the problem. You know, people will still scratch their heads. We all will. Why, does, why, does, why do bad things happen to good people? Why did God allow that? But one thing is for sure, if God allows suffering then it's only because he will not allow it to have the last word. He will always bring about a greater good from it than if it had never been. It's just, it's, it's mystery with a capital M. It, maybe it's not major suffering, but I think every young person going into the adult world is scared, right? Insecurities, fears, doubts, like, you know, am I going to be able to do this? Well, you know, what God is calling me to do? And then there's just the matter of adulting, period, you know, finances, uh, figuring out where to work. So, you know, in the midst of those insecurities, how can someone still remain solidly Catholic? Because I think our culture gives off the sense that we need to have it all together, that we need to, you know, make it look like we're good, we're, we got everything covered, but 
that's not life. You know, as we talk about with suffering, there's hard things we have to deal with. How can that young person still remain close to Jesus, even though they know deep down that they don't have it all together, but at the same time, they, you know, they still got to figure life out. So where's that balance of, you know, figuring things out in life, but still knowing deep down that they're not perfect? I think that's precisely the reason why they should stay close to the Lord. You know, when it comes to our adult life, and I'm 35, I have a beautiful wife, I have two kids and one on the way, I have a minivan, a mortgage, a life insurance policy, the end is near, we're all going to die, have a nice life. Um, when it comes to all that stuff, the, the, the very reason for all these questions, I think, is even more inspiration for us to why we need to stay close to Christ. Why? Because we need His wisdom to navigate all of these things things in our life. Because without his wisdom, I mean, we're just train wrecks about to happen left and right. You know, especially when you look through Old Testament Proverbs, it's just like a book of wisdom of, of, of wonderful advice when it comes to matters of everyday life. And that's what's so refreshing about that book in the Bible. But, but furthermore, um, when it comes to what is my vocation, what should I do for work? How should I spend my money? How should I not spend my money go into, and go into massive debt? Um, who should I marry? What sign should I look for in someone who I'd like to marry someday? How would I like to serve the Lord? What is the flip and purpose of my life? Why am I even here? You know, these questions all point back to the ethos, or the purpose, the, the meaning as to why God created us to begin with. Um, and, you know, from the old Baltimore catechism, you know, uh, what is our purpose here on earth? It's to know God, to love God, and to serve God. And, and you know, it's a beautiful, simple summary of really a, a Christian faith. But furthermore, um, you know, one of my great heroes, St. John Paul II, he said that our life only makes sense to the, to the degree that we make it a gift for others, right? And so just like from that impetus, like, what am I here for? My life is meant to be a gift, okay? So regardless of what my vocation is, regardless of what industry I work in, as long as we're doing it with that mentality, with that attitude. I think also, like, our culture, as as being part of the millennial generation myself, I think I'm like a senior class member here in terms of my year, depending on who you ask. Um, Sometimes the danger is um, we forget in our fast-paced Wi-Fi age, where everything is so instantaneous, that things take time. It's a process. We need to develop ourselves, our gifts, our talents. We need to work through some issues in our life. We need to do the hard work of showing up. Not everything is given to us right away. We need to show up. We need to work hard. We need to do due diligence and making wise decisions like, what do I want to do in life? And maybe I should figure that out before I spend $100,000 to go to a college and get a major that I might not ever use in my life because when I leave, I have $100,000 in debt plus interest. And so this is a problem and this straps me down. You know, there's so many questions that, that young adults and millennials and adults all in general will have. But once again, I think it points to this need to to go and and to, to ask the Lord for his wisdom and his guidance. Um, if you want to learn more about this, I know our interview is short. You can go on iTunes. My talk, A Catholic Millennial's Guide to Adulting, is available for download if you just search Paul J. Kim. And once again, it's called The Catholic Millennial's Guide to Adulting. And I just love this topic because I think it's so important for young people to have that kind of encouragement today. 
Yeah, once again, that's Catholic Millennials Guide to Adulting. Paul J. Kim, thank you so much for everything you're doing and kind of our prayers here. Oh, I need them, Jake. God bless everybody, praying for all the listeners. And if you want to find out more about uh, the ministry that God has put into my life, you can just visit pjkmusic.com. If you have social media, just look up Paul J. Kim, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter. Just look me up. Yeah, by the way, Paul J. Kim's Twitter handle is at pjk music at pjk music he's got some good stuff going on there on his twitter page and uh speaking of twitter before we wrap up this episode of truth pop unplugged i wanted to get you the tweet of the week many people tweet but only a few tweet the truth find out what's worth talking about from twitter this week it's the tweet of the week Yes, sir. And boy, does Chris Stefanik drop a truth bomb on Twitter. Uh, recently tweeted this out saying, you don't work for anyone's life mattering by dismantling civil society, burning down courthouses, or marching on freeways with guns in hand near my home in Denver. There's no peace without justice, but there's no justice without order so there you go chris stefanik being bold right there on twitter and hey let us know if you disagree you know if you got a different opinion you can always hit us up and let us know what you think but yeah man i I agree with chris because obviously i just you look around at the news right now and what's happening the civil unrest like we need peace right we need jesus we need unity right now i think all of us would agree that black lives matter but Gosh, if you just spend a little bit of time looking up the the movement and what they stand for, they admit to having Marxist ideology. And honestly, this is something that a lot of people are really afraid to to speak about. But we got to preach the truth, and we'll dig into that more in coming episodes right here on Truth Pop Unplugged. This is where you get the truth, unashamed. So keep it right here, okay? Download, subscribe, share with friends. We'd love to know your opinion anytime. This is Truth Pop Unplugged.